Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to our series and our study entitled Infinitely More. We're discovering that God has so much in store for you, so much in store for me, infinitely more. It's so much more than we can even think or ask or imagine. Our theme verse is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We'll read that again. It says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. How many of you, when it comes to asking for things, you've got some pretty big wish lists? Okay, we, we got a handful of honest people with a hand raised. You know, if it comes to birthday, if it comes to Christmas or anniversary, Mother's Day, Father's Day, any of those special days, you know, you, you've got a bunch of things you wouldn't mind receiving, right? You, you've got some things kind of on a wish list. And what we're seeing here is God is able, not just because of us, it's because of his mighty power at work in us and through us, he's able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Even more than you and I might have on a spiritual wish list. And so throughout this journey, we're looking at the life of Jesus Christ, looking at some of his teachings and miracles. Last time together, we looked at how Jesus was calling some of the disciples. He saw more in them than they saw in them. And that's a great encouragement for you and for me. But as we walk through the, the teachings and miracles and this life and journey of Jesus, he's teaching us and guiding us, how do we live this prosperous and blessed life in him? So he's helping us to lay a foundation. Today's going to be a little bit about building Building and kind of laying a foundation spiritually for our heart and for our life. So Jesus is helping to lay a foundation, this prosperous and successful life in him. And so we're taking a look. There's a three and a half year journey of ministry that Jesus had. He's beginning crowds are starting to follow him. Remember last week looking at selecting these disciples. And today in part of our passage, we're seeing that Jesus is hiking taking this journey to a, a mountainside, and he begins to teach them. This is probably a, a part of the most well-known portion or teaching of Scripture. It's entitled the Sermon on the Mount. And so I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. We'll, we'll explore not the entire message or not the entire sermon, but we'll look at a handful of Scriptures throughout this. But he's beginning with what we might refer to as the Beatitudes. These are some blessings that follow a particular way of life, a particular way of thinking and living and working out in our lives. So Matthew chapter 5, let's begin in verse 3. And here's what Jesus says. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, that's a pretty power-packed passage of Scripture where he's talking about blessings. If you do these things, if you live this way, then there are blessings that will follow. It's, it's a foundational life that we are to build. Now, after this, he begins to kind of talk about some other real-world topics these next couple of chapters. From the fulfillment of the law, he teaches about fasting. He teaches about prayer. And we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 7 as we get ready to kind of wrap up, uh, kind of put a bookend on this Sermon on the Mount. And he shares a parable. It's the parable of the wise and foolish builders. And as he teaches, the crowd's pretty blown away by what he teaches. He, he teaches as someone with authority. He teaches as someone who knows what he's talking about. And so we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 24. We'll take a look at the wise and the foolish builders. So Matthew 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So he's talking about foundation, talking about how you build. A wise person is like the one who built the house on the rock. The rain came down, verse 25, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. Stop right there. A foundation is pretty important when it comes to a facility, when it comes to a building, a house, uh, a church. I mean, you need some solid footing and a solid foundation. Jesus is saying when you hear God's word and when you put it into practice, this is the kind of person you're like. You're like a wise builder who has a solid foundation. But now he's going to contrast it for us. The wise with the foolish. Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. How many of you would not like to be in a house that crashes in the midst of a storm? We wouldn't like that, right? That would be pretty scary. If you've got a foundation that is built on shaky and sifted sand, uh, then it's not stable. It's not strong. And so Jesus is he's using this idea of a building. It's a pretty good metaphor for you and I about how we are to build our lives faithful and true and solid upon Jesus Christ. Our faith continues to be built time after time after time. It's, it certainly is initiated and it's begun in one moment, but it's not perfected in one moment. Little by little, we continue to build and build and build, not on one moment or decision, but on many that come in our journey and in our walk in our foundation with Jesus Christ. And so there's a number of illustrations. Jesus is talking about a building and a foundation and how everything is strong and stable. But I'm going to invite you to journey with me back into the Old Testament, and let's look at another couple of 
building illustrations or analogies that God gives to us. I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the Old Testament prophet of Amos. Amos chapter 7, verse 7, and what we're reading here is a plumb line. God's using a plumb line to communicate to Amos. We've got a little bit of a picture or an illustration there on the screen. A a plumb line basically is a a line or a string, and on the end is a heavy weight and, and often would have a point at the bottom. And so if you've got a string with a weight on the bottom, you can attach this to something, let it hang, and with gravity it's going to hang straight down, and that is how you would build your wall, that's how you would build up. That is a plumb line. One of those building terms, is the line plumb? Is it straight up and down both ways, that it's not crooked? And so this plumb line, it's a building term, a little bit of a building illustration. As God speaking to the prophet Amos, he's using that to communicate how to stay in line in obedience to his commands. Amos chapter 7, beginning in verse 7. Then he showed me another vision. I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was using a plumb line to see if it was still straight. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? I answered, a plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all of their sins. The pagan shrines of your ancestors will be ruined, and the temples of Israel will be destroyed. I will bring the dynasty of King Jeroboam to a sudden end. So God is speaking to prophets, and those prophets would carry this message to the Israelites. And he says, here's this plumb line. He's showing him this vision. He's showing him this illustration, if you would, of a plumb line, something like what we have on the screen. And he's saying, listen, I'm going to test the people. Now, this illustration, this is certainly many, many years old. And though something like this is utilized today, you and I might see maybe some things such as lasers. Whatever the case might be, whether it's lasers, whether it's a plumb line, the idea is certainly tried and true. When you build a structure, you don't want a faulty foundation. You don't want a crooked wall. You don't want an unlevel house. True? I mean, as best as possible, you want that foundation solid. You want the walls to be straight up. You want the floors to be straight across. And he's saying, when it comes to this plumb line, you've got to follow after my instructions, obey what I have to say to you. Otherwise, it's like you're not using the plumb line, and it's like you are building something crooked, and you are building something faulty and unlevel. So God gave this illustration, if you would, to the prophet Amos. God also gave something similar to the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 28 Verse 17, he says, I will test you with the measuring line of justice and the plumb line of righteousness. So so now he's describing, too, a measuring line kind of back and forth and the plumb line up and down. He's talking about justice and righteousness. The hanging plumb line is 
giving a line for a builder. How do you build? How do you faithfully build this? How many of you, when you're building something, or maybe just hanging, you go to hang a picture on the wall, you go to hang some kind of decoration, and you put it up there, and you kind of stand back, you kind of visually eye it, and you go, ah, that's close enough. Anybody ever done that? Okay, we got some honest people. Now, typically what happens is, is when you put something on the wall, when you're standing right up on it, and maybe you put that little nail or screw or that little holder, right, the little hanger, and then you, you place your picture on it, and you're, you're kind of trying to tilt it back and forth to where it looks level. When you're right up on it and you, and you stare at it, you think, oh, this looks pretty good. And then sometimes you, you step back and, you, know, and you, you kind of look one way and you kind of look the other. And you're not sure if it's right or not. It it looks close enough. How many of you would like a house that was built, eh, close enough? A foundation that was close enough, walls that were close enough, floor that was close enough. When it comes to building, he says, we've got to use this kind of a line. There's the measuring line. There's the plumb line. And God's declaring there is a way to follow things. Follow after me. It's not just close enough. It's obeying me. How many of you have played uh, the little building block game called Jenga? You know, it comes in a little box. You turn the box upside down and then slide the box up and off carefully, and you've got all these little blocks. Typically, there's three one way, and then the next level is three the other way, and it stacks up (coughs) maybe a a foot, foot and a half. So what's the process? you got to nudge and kind of poke or pull one of those little building blocks out and set it up on top. And then the next person goes, and the next person. And one by one, you're always taking one piece out and putting them on the top. Now, if you've played the game, you know that typically when you start, that stack is is pretty good, and it's pretty level, it's pretty straight, because it came out of the box. But now, as every person takes a turn, they're removing a piece and placing it on the top, they might not put it quite as straight because from their vantage point, it looks good, but from yours, it's off. And as you keep building that tower of Jenga, how many of you, you've seen it starts to look like the leaning tower of Pisa, right? So it starts to veer this way, and when the building falls, you lose. So if you're the one that's touching it, when it falls, you you lose. So how many of you have tried to, it starts to tilt one way, So when you take it out, you're trying to maybe put it on the other side to try to get it to tilt back. And if your wall goes up, that little tower goes up pretty high, it it looks like a squiggly line, right? It tilts one way and tilts the other way. There is no plumb line being used when you're playing the, the game of Jenga. It's just everybody saying, this looks good to me. And God's saying, that's not how you build your life. That's not how you build your walk. It's not just, well, it looks good enough to me. There must be a measuring line. There must be a plumb line. There must be a standard to follow. And God's saying, it's me. It's my word. Build your life upon me. So the importance here is building our life upon God. 
Because there's, there's, one set, there's one foundation that we build it on. When we stay connected to that line, that measuring line, that plumb line, it's, it's representing how God is guiding you and teaching you and helping us to build that foundation. We are going to be blessed and receive what God has. We're obedient to what he is saying but when we step off the line and we say, well, that's good enough, that's close enough, pretty soon our wall's going up crooked. Our, our walls are moving out crooked, and our life spiritually is not built right. See, that plumb line, it's vertical. It's up and down. Remember, it hangs up and down. The weight helps that line to stay plumb and true. In a sense, it illustrates your life and my life, our walk with God. It's that vertical relationship with him. And that simple string line or measuring line, maybe you've seen some people uh, such as uh, uh, the bricks or blocks that were used for this church. More than likely, they used a string line. Attach it from one side to the next. And when you're laying the blocks next to each other or the bricks next to each other, you want to make sure that each of them are touching that brick because that line, that wall is going to be tried and true. Look at how many blocks and bricks are used in this church. Imagine if each and every person said, ah, this is good enough. This is close enough. The wall could be caving in. The wall could be bowing out. And so when you're laying blocks, when you're laying bricks, when you're building walls, so when you're stretching something out, you've got this measuring line. God's saying whether it's the vertical line of the plumb line or when you're building that foundation with God, when you're building the foundation with others, we must build it on God. When we get out of whack with God, man, the rest of our life seems to fall apart. And so Matthew chapter 5 and 6 and 7, Jesus is, is helping you and I to faithfully build this relationship, faithfully build this foundation. You and I are going to be some builders. Maybe we're not Bob the Builder, but can we build it? We sure can. If we build it on God. You and I might not be construction people. You and I might not be bl uh, block or brick or uh, drywall or ceiling and roof people, but you and I can build a walk with God, and we can do so in the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the problem. Jesus is desiring you and I to build our life, to build our relationship solidly upon him and use that that measuring line, use that plumb line to grow in our walk with God and, and grow in our relationships with others. But there's someone out there who doesn't want you growing in God, who doesn't want your foundation to be solid in God. The enemy is doing his utmost best to destroy your foundation, to destroy what God is trying to build in your life. In fact, Jesus said it this way, that the thief comes but to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus echoed words that was kind of like our theme verse. He said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So God's desiring that we build our life, build our foundation upon him, but the enemy is desiring to lure us the way. The enemy is desiring to destroy what God's trying to build. 
Now, in some cases, does the enemy creep in and maybe destroy things in, in one fell swoop? Sometimes that can take place. But here's what's also true. Is that many times the enemy can come and tempt us to get out of alignment with God, even just a little bit. Just to kind of maybe get off of that line, not holding true to the measuring line, not holding true to the plumb line. And we're off just by a little bit. But if you're off by a little bit in one block or one brick, imagine when you're doing an entire wall. By the time you get to the end, what seemed like you were really, really close widens out. And sometimes that can happen spiritually with us. Satan wants to come in and, and maybe to tempt and, and to try to get us away from holding faithful and true to that measuring line and that plumb line. Maybe it starts with maybe just a little glimpse of impurity. Maybe it starts with just a little juicy bit of gossip about somebody. Maybe it starts with just a little bit of a lie and kind of, ah, kind of glossing over the truth a little bit, but it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it comes with taking something that's not yours. It's, it's from school or it's from work or it's from somebody. And you know what? They'll never know. They'll never miss it. In fact, my, my boss probably owes me, so I should just take this. It starts many times with something small and begins to lead us away from holding tight to that line. That foundation that God's wanting to build in us, sometimes we get off track and we get off course. Here's what happens. Sometimes we do come back. And sometimes you and I might even feel guilty about veering off course. Have you felt that way sometimes? Holy Spirit's in our lives and maybe prompting and convicting. And maybe it's a lie or cheating or stealing or something that we've said, something that we've done. And we feel a little bit nudged and so... We come back to God, we, we come back to that line that's being stretched out, trying to build our spiritual foundation. But sometimes what happens is we look around and what we've said or what we've done or what we've been a part of, there's been no real consequence. And so we say, well, maybe I can get away with it again. And we're nudged or prompted or tempted to continue little by little getting away from that solid line that God's laid out for us, that plumb line that he's gotten for us. We look around, we realize, well, no one really seems to be hurt. We look around and realize, I haven't been caught, and it becomes easier and easier to step away from the measuring line and the plumb line of God and his word. Oftentimes, Satan doesn't destroy that foundation. Satan doesn't destroy that life in one fell swoop, but it's little by little, small steps over time, small compromises over time, as we veer farther and farther away from the line of truth, that measuring line, that plumb line of God and His Word. If you and I are not careful, we risk falling away from the standards and the truth of God and his word. And then as Jesus said, sometimes that storm of life can blow. And if we're too far away from God, that house and that, that foundation falls and crumbles. So we spent a little bit of time looking at a number of scriptures. These are a number of building principles and building illustrations. Jesus talked about the foundation 
to Amos, he talked about the plumb line. To Isaiah, he also mentioned about the measuring line. All of these things about how to build our life appropriately. So let me just leave you with a couple brief thoughts on how do we keep from being pulled away from that line? How can we hold on to that line? Number one, I challenge you to hold tight to your commitment to God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Commitment. Hold tight to your commitment to him. It's that vertical relationship. You in a relationship with God. There's a, a number of ways to, to hold tight, but don't forget that plumb line. Don't forget that there is a standard God wants you and I to hold on to. There's a, a number of ways to, to hold tight to that. Certainly, we've got to make sure we're in his word and make sure we're in a time of prayer. That, that's a part of strengthening and kind of growing and developing that commitment to God. We challenge you on a regular basis, on a yearly basis, many times throughout the year about getting into God, getting into his word. We've got paper Bible reading guides. There are all kinds of digital ones found in the Bible app, found in many different kinds of digital means. It's all geared to do what? Help you and I get into this book. It's God and his word. In fact, one of the sessions from our basic training discipleship is all about getting into and effectively reading and studying, going through those principles of God and his word. How can I effectively do that? When we are in God and in his word, this is going to build us and grow us and strengthen us as we read. God is helping us to found, uh, make good foundational principles in our life. We're able to see what it is that God desires in you and what it is that God desires in me. How ought we to live? Read God's word. Familiarize yourself with what God's principles have to say. Then when the enemy comes and tries to get at you or tempt you or draw you away from that line, you know what God's word has to say. You're equipped and you are armed with that. God's word is, is a basic part of holding tight to the commitment to God and a prayer life to connect with and connect to God on a regular basis, on a daily basis in prayer. That's going to strengthen that vertical relationship, that commitment to God. And as we pray, I want to challenge us to make sure that we're listening to God, maybe as much as we are talking to God. Because sometimes the challenge is when it comes to our prayer time, when it comes to our devotional time, we can view prayer as kind of the Christmas wish list. God, I need a, and I need a, and we need to, and you need to, and we rattle off this list of needs, which is a part of prayer. But if we're not careful, all we do is share God what we need. We close our prayer list and walk away, not giving him time to share and speak and communicate either through his word or through the promptings in our heart. So let's make sure that we're doing some listening as well as praying. Learning to recognize God's voice helps us to tighten our 
grip, tighten our hold on that line. Spiritually speaking, we want to build a good foundation. We want to build a solid structure. And prayer and God's word are some basics of helping us hold tight to our commitment to God. Secondly, hold tight to your commitment to others. Don't forget, it's not just that vertical relationship with God. It's that horizontal relationship, that line that goes back and forth. God helps and uses others to train and equip and encourage and build us in him. Commit to living in a way that would honor God with our lives. Understand, we can, we can get tempted with all kinds of things, right? You're tempted maybe to get angry and to speak evil against someone. Remind yourself, even back from the Beatitudes that we began with, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Sometimes that's a challenge, right? When somebody's speaking and speaking and saying something at or towards you, but remember what Jesus is teaching. When you experience maybe a loss in your life, tempted to maybe turn away from God, Get mad at God. Turn your back against God. Be reminded of his encouragement in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. He desires to provide peace and strength and comfort. Maybe you turn and surrender your heart and your life to God, and maybe your family doesn't understand. Maybe they're not quite sure what it is that you're doing, how how you're surrendering your heart to this Jesus. And maybe old friends will come around, try to bring up your past. Remind yourself, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God issues a number of blessings, a number of beatitudes helping us to build a solid foundation. Part of that commitment and holding tight in that commitment to others, allow the body of Christ, allow God's church to equip and encourage you. I'm thankful that you're here. Many of you are here for our discipleship hour, and you're allowing those opportunities, whether it's other teachers, other classmates, other individuals from the congregation, to help challenge and equip and grow and strengthen you, helping to hold tight that that grip to the line, the measuring line that God has for us. Allow there to be some maybe healthy accountability in your hearts and in your lives. That there's somebody else to maybe ask some challenging questions about how you're learning and growing in God. Is there somebody in your life that you you allow to speak in permission to ask some of those difficult questions? So God's talking about Jesus is encouraging. How do you build your life? And he uses some incredible, simple building analogies. You might not be a builder. I'm not a builder. I'm I'm about as good building as I am with cars. But I can hang stuff on walls, and I I can use one of those little levels to tell whether it's level or not. You might not be a builder. You might not know much about a hammer and a nail or a screwdriver or a wrench or some of those kinds of natural building things. But spiritually, God is desiring you and me to build our life and to build our walk with God. 
Allow him to build that foundation. Uh, Allow that relationship with God to grow. Allow the relationship with others to grow. Hold tight and hold on to the line. It, It can't come down to what you and I think. Well, that must be good enough. God's given us a standard. He's given us that measuring line. He's given us a plumb line. He's given us his word to stand upon. Allow that to be the basis for your life and mine. Allow God to build your life in him.